0: On this week's episode, King James and the Flash battle one last time, Paul George is catching fire, and did the moon landing really happen? All that and more on Check the School Board. What's up, y'all? Welcome into the Boston Celtics Kyrie Irving episode of Check the School Board podcast. That's right, we're, we're on episode 11. I appreciate all this, the the support. Um, appreciate everyone uh, tuning in every week and listening and, and downloading, and whether it's on iTunes, Spotify, whatever whatever streaming platform you're on. I appreciate you guys listening and checking me out on the week by week basis. Uh, the date uh, is December twelfth. Uh, December twelfth. The time is nine twenty two. So yeah, we we are just under two weeks away from Christmas, and it's and it's a wonderful time of the year. I mean, it's the best time of the year. Uh, you know, we've got we got the Christmas music going uh, daily. We've got, you know, just you know, starting to buy gifts, starting to get gifts for for people in my family, um, and shopping and and all that and all those things. So just just in a really good mood. Uh, I get to see my family for Christmas this year, and so I'm really excited about that. Uh, so yeah, two weeks uh, until until Santa Claus comes down the chimney. Uh, also just in a really good mood because we've just got some really good basketball that's been played over the last, you know, this this entire month of December, really. And I, I talked about it last week on the podcast. I mean, the races are close. I mean, like the Western Conference, this uh, is just really good. It's really tight. The race is really tight. The Eastern Conference is really tight. Just going through the standings, starting in the Eastern Conference, you've got the Raptors at 22-7, seven, 73 in their last 10. You've got the Bucks. Who are in second place? You've got the the Sixers who are uh, in in third, but they're both tied. The Bucks and the Sixers are both tied uh, at two and a half games back. You've got the Pacers who are in fourth. You've got the Celtics who are in fifth, and who've been playing much better as of late. They've won six games in a row, uh, so they're they're sixteen and ten. And Kyrie sort of gave like a little jab to uh, to his haters uh, when players were calling and asking about the Celtics being ten and ten and asking if everything was cool. And now they won six games in a row. Um, and Kyrie saying like, yeah, like keep that same energy. Uh, so then you've got the Pistons, uh, you've got the hornets and the magic who round out the 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 top eight seeds in the Eastern Conference. And then behind them you've got the heat, you've got the wizards, and you've got the Nets. So it's an eleven team race really in the in the Eastern Conference. you've got the, I mean, the, because the magic are nine games back, and then you've got the heat who are a half game back of the magic. You've got the Wizards who are a, a full game back of the Magic for the eight seed, and then you've got the Nets who are uh, two and a half back uh, for that for that eight that eight spot. And the Nets before they before they had gone on like an, an eight game losing streak, uh, they were they were five hundred, and so they're back. They've won two games in a row. Uh, they're ten and eighteen. You have got the Wizards who have been playing much better. Uh, uh, they're eleven and sixteen, so they're sort of overcoming that that horrible start that they got off to. Uh, John Wall and Bradley Bill have been playing much better as of late, and then you've got the Heat, who are who are right there. I mean, so they're battling it out, and the Heat, you know, a young team, but they've got good. They've got guys who know how to win. So, and they were in the playoffs last year, so experience always matters uh, in these moments. But the East is a tight race, and then you've got the Western Conference. If you thought the East was close, I mean, the West talked about it last week. One through fourteen really is a is a solid race. One through fourteen last week was probably what was it like five games. Um, I mean, it's six games now separating the the one the, the number one team, the Warriors, and the number fourteen team, the Rockets. So you've got the Warriors and you got the Warriors in first place in nineteen and nine. They won four in a row. Uh, they won four of their last five. You know, they won four out of five since Steph's been back, and they actually have won four in a row uh, with Steph back. Then you've got the Thunder. You've got the Nuggets, who are both a half game back. You've got the Clippers in the fourth spot at 17 and 10. You've got the Lakers in the five spot at 17 and 10. And the Lakers playing much, much better. Uh, they're now seven games above 500 after being three games under to start the season. So LeBron's got those guys on track. They're playing much, much better basketball of late. Kyle Kuzma's on fire. Uh, he's been shooting lights out. Lonzo Ball's playing better. So, and those guys are doing it without Brandon Ingram, who's out. He's, he's been injured. And they're doing it without Rondo, who's out with a broken thumb. So, Luke Walton's got those guys playing really well. I mean, they still struggle with, with leads and they still blow leads, but um for the most part, they're able to recover, bounce back, and they're able to to make the moves that they need, you know, to come out on top at the end of games. So you've got the Grizzlies who are in sixth place. They're they're six they're fifteen and eleven. You got the Mavs and the Blazers who round out the top eight. But the Kings, okay, so the the Blazers are three and a half back and they're in eight they're in eighth place. The three and a half games back at first place. They're in eighth place. The Kings are four back at first place. All right, the Kings are a half game back of the Blazers, and you've got the Spurs who are two games back or a game and a half. The Spurs are two a game and a half back. The Pelicans are two games back. All right, so the Pelicans are five and a half out, and they're in 11th place. That's how tight this race is. And then you've got the Wolves who are also five and a half back, and then you've got the Jazz and the Rockets who are each six back. So I mean, it's one through 14 for the Western Conference is crazy it's it's an i mean it really is like i've been i've been making a, bu- a bunch of comparisons to the western conference being like uh like like a wwe like battle royale um it really is like that one like that one gift that you see uh that one wrestling gift that you see where it's like everybody standing in the in the ring like fighting each other that's the western conference everyone's like throwing elbows like throwing punches like you don't even have enough space to like to do your special move because that's how many people is in the ring and that's what the Western Conference is like. When I mean, you've got all these teams, they're still in it. Uh, like no like none of these teams are out except for the Suns. Like my Suns, sad to say, they really may not win another game this calendar year. Like they really might go winless the rest of this month. Um, I mean, they took I mean, they just lost to the Spurs by a lot. Uh, but they took they took the Clippers to overtime um, without Devin Booker on monday night uh, and they lost they lost by like 7 points but i mean the suns besides the suns the western conference is really just it's a full blown battle royale everyone everyone's in it and no one's out of it and and a big part of i mean and all these teams just looking at like their their conference records i mean they're all just they're all right there the thunder are 8 and 6 in conference the warriors are 9 and 6 in conference the nuggets are 11 and 4 the Clippers are 12 and 6. The Lakers are 12 and 7. The Grizzlies are 10 and 7. The Mavs are 8 and 8. The Blazers are 8 and 9. So these game like these conference games, to talk about it a lot. These conference games matter, and these games that teams are losing, they, like they matter. Um, and and that's nothing. And like just, I mean, spending so much time on the Western Conference isn't to say that the Eastern Conference is is weak. Because I, I mean, like we just went through it. I mean, the Eastern Conference, they're they're eight, they're eight. Their one through eight is separated by nine games. Their one through five is separated by four and a half. So um, I mean, three and I mean four and a half in the in the Western Conference would get you out of the playoff picture. But that's I mean, but that's just but that's not to say that the Eastern Conference is playing worse basketball than the Western Conference. Um, because as you see, the Eastern Conference is doing pretty well too. I mean, they've got besides the besides the magic. Every team is 500 or better who's in the race. The Magic are 12 and 15. They lost three in a row. Uh, so besides them, every team in the Eastern Conference is 500 or better. So they're they're all playing good basketball. Uh, you've got teams like the Pacers who've won four in a row. The Celtics have won five in a row, or six in a row. I mean, the Pistons are falling, and they're falling fast because they've lost five in a row. Um, and that's even having, that's even with having Blake and Andre on the court. Uh, so they're, they're slipping a little bit. They're five and five in their last ten, um, but I mean, you've got teams who are who are sort of figuring it out. They're catching fire, um, and even the Nets, like just a couple of weeks ago, the Nets were in the playoff picture before they lost eight in a row, um, and they've sort of bounced back. They're now ten and eighteen because they've won two games in a row, um, and so they're they're trying to fight and claw and get their way back in, into this picture. and they're, And they're not far behind. They're only, I mean, just to make the playoffs, you just got to be in the top eight. You just need to be in the top eight to get to get in the playoffs. That's all you got to do. And the Nets are only two and a half out of that. So uh, with a lot of basketball left to play. So I mean, just a lot of things to be a lot of things to be excited for in this month of December. Uh, one of the biggest things that I'm excited about in the month of December is watching Paul George play basketball. That's that's one of the biggest. Like in his last five games, he's averaging 26 and eight. He, I mean, he had 31 on Monday against the Jazz. He had 19 against the Bulls. Last Wednesday against the Nets, he had 47. He had 47 against the Nets last Wednesday. 25 of those 47 came in the fourth quarter. Okay, he hits the game winner. So in that time span, or or in that game, the Nets blow a double digit lead. Paul George scores twenty five in the fourth, hits the game winning three, and and buries the Nets. It is incredible. He's playing much better as of late. And if you wanna if you want to stretch it out and look at his last 10 games, he's averaging twenty four. Basically twenty five a game, so is and he's getting seven boards and he's averaging four assists. I mean, that's 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 pretty that's pretty dang good basketball if you ask me. Uh, so he's I mean he stepped it up. I mean of course having Russ back in the lineup um, helps a whole lot. I mean, you know Russ missed a couple of weeks with you know he had knee surgery in the off and he comes back after missing a couple of weeks. Uh, I mean Schroeder Schroeder was good and I like Schroeder. But I think to work in, to work with that with, with those ones and, and the starting units for Paul George to be effective, he's got to have Russ out there on the court. He's got to have some guy so he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. Schroeder is he can make plays, but he's not a, he's not a Russell Westbrook. He doesn't draw the attention that Russell Westbrook does. It's kind of like when I was talking about Steph being out, having Steph back for the Warriors, it doesn't just make Steph. I mean, it it doesn't just help the Warriors get better, but individually. It helps guys like like Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. You know, if Steph is on the court, he's getting eyes. That means Clay is he can play better. Clay was the guy that was struggling. Paul George was sort of that guy when Russ was out. Paul George he had to make all the plays. Uh, he was struggling a little bit in the early going, um, and then Russ comes back, and now Paul George is playing a lot better. Clay, he wasn't shooting as well uh, as he does with when Steph is on the court. Uh, and a lot of that was was spacing and, and being able to to create space by having you know multiple eyes attracted attracted to Kevin Durant or multiple eyes attracted to Stephen Curry. So uh, Paul George playing way way better. Um, and in the last five games, the, the Thunder are four and five. Uh, the only game that they lost was that Bulls game, and they lost it by two points last Friday. They lost one fourteen and one twelve. Uh, I like to call it the Larry Markkinen game uh, because Markkinen hit the game winner. Um, and Laurie Markkinen is well. Zach Levine is is the team leader, but I like Markkinen better than Levine, so I make I, I make Markkinen the team leader. Uh, other thing, other things happening around the league, other guys exploding and going off. Stephen Curry is shooting lights out um, <laughs> since he's come back from injury. Steph has really just been shooting the cover off the ball. Uh, if you thought Paul George, if you thought Paul George was was playing phenomenal basketball. Uh, in his last five games, uh, Steph Curry's last five games, literally his last five games uh, since he came like are his injury games. The Warriors are four and five in those games, uh, and they won four in a row. The only game that they've lost uh, was the first game that he came back from, was that Pistons game. Um, you want to hear Steph's numbers? Okay, I'm glad you. I'm glad you asked. I mean, I'm glad you answered. Started from the bottom, so from the Pistons game up, 27. All right, he had 30 against the Hawks. Okay, so he's like, all right, twenty-seven. I mean, I can do better than that. So he goes for. Th- so then he goes for thirty. Last Wednesday, he goes. I mean, thirty points. I mean, like that's cool, but I mean, it's not like a, a forty-piece game. So he goes for forty-two against the uh, the Cavs last Wednesday, and then he sort of just he, you know, he falls off a little bit. He has a pedestrian game because we're all human. Uh, that's probably around the time that he started thinking about, you know, like uh, like maybe the maybe the moon landing was like fake or something like that. Uh, and so he goes for twenty. Against the Bulls or against the Bucks, but then Monday night, I guess he sort of like 100% believe like now the moon landing was fake, and like I'm pretty sure about that. And he goes off for 38 against against the Wolves Monday night. So uh, in his last five games, so since he's come back from injury, he's averaging 31. He's averaging 31. He's shooting, I don't know, uh, he's shooting 51% from three. So like 52% from three. He's shooting and from the field overall, he's shooting 51%. So Steph is making the world go round again, um, and it's because he doesn't believe the moon landing was real, um, and that's not a joke. That's serious. It's a good f- and it's a good flex. I think it's a good flex if he did it to get a free tour of like one of those of like one of the space stations or whatever, uh, which is what was offered to him. And in case you were wondering, Steph really doesn't believe the moon landing was real. I don't know how he came to that conclusion. It's like when Kyrie thought the earth was flat, like his like when he believed that for real, when he'd solidly believe that and we had to come together and say, no, the earth is round. Like there is a stream, like there's a stream that you can watch on YouTube where NASA just sits, like, well, they have a camera on the, on their, on one of their like space shuttles that orbits the earth and you can see the earth. The earth is round. Like you can, you can see it turning. It's it's round. A flat earth Imagine looking at a flat earth turn. Like, that don't that doesn't make any sense. Uh, so Kyrie, like, also flat Earth believing Kyrie is one and two in the finals. Um uh I mean I'm, he he's lost more than he's won, believing the earth is flat. So Steph, unless you like wanna start losing finals or something like that, you might want to rethink uh your your moon landing theory. But the moon landing theory is, is is way, like, there's way more that goes into that than, like, thinking the earth is flat. Like, you can easily see the earth is not flat. Um, I mean, I get it. Like, you can think, like, the moon landing wasn't real. Uh, I get it. But nonetheless, uh, Steph shooting the cover off the basketball. And uh, they got the Raptors next. They host the Raptors uh, Wednesday night tonight. Um, so. Next time you're in Houston, stuff hit up this hit up the the space the space center, find out that the moon landing was real. Maybe I mean like maybe it's not and we're all wrong, but I doubt it. Other things happening around the league. Uh, last week I said that the uh, last week I said the Kyle Corver trade was like the biggest trade. I don't know why I said that. I might have said it was if it wasn't the biggest. I might have said it was like the first trade. Um, which I guess would still make it the biggest trade since it, I said it was the first. I don't know why I said that. Obviously, the Jimmy Butler deal was the biggest the biggest deal. I forgot it. I had a brain fart. Uh the Delhi trade, the Delva Dova trade, uh that the Bucks and Cavs just made, pretty good for both sides. Obviously, the Cavs get younger because they add to draft picks, they get a they're getting a 2021 20, and a 20 they're getting a 2021 20, first and second round pick. Uh guaranteed uh in Cleveland. And so here's all right, here's what's here's here's the Dylan fool. All right. Del Vidova and John Henson get traded to the Cavs. All right. Cleveland also gets a 2021 first and second round pick. And all they have to do is they send George Hill and they send Sam Decker uh to Milwaukee. All right. Milwaukee's—they're choosing to keep Hill, but they—but Decker's been rerouted to Washington. So now, Sam Decker's in Washington, George Hill is in Milwaukee, and you've got Delvadova and Henson in Cleveland, which I think are solid moves because Cleveland's in full tank mode. Uh, I think I think so. I mean, you look at their record and they're—I mean—they're I mean, they're not fighting for anything. They're six and twenty-one. And they're fifteen games out. Um, but I guess in the Eastern Conference, like. I guess if you if you make some moves, you can you can sort of put yourself in the picture. But the draft picks are the biggest part of this deal because they they do get younger uh, with with the draft picks in in the future. Um, they add guys. I mean, Delvadova, he's he knows the system. He's been in there. He won a championship in Cleveland in 2016 uh, with with the Cavaliers. And then you add Henson. Henson, I mean, he's just he's like he's like a taller Larry Nance. In that, I mean, he's just taller and and like he can run the floor too and he can catch alleys layer nance is more agile i guess um i mean because of his i mean like his side he's probably just more athletic than john henson in general but i mean so like that deal like works out for the Cavs. i mean they may be looking to flip henson or something like that later on uh but but kevin love being out with his foot injury and and stuff like that i mean i highly doubt they look to flip john henson and then you look at the return that the Bucks get. You get George Hill, right? All right. So you're looking at you're looking at your roster and you're saying like, wow, Eric Bledsoe and Malcolm Brogdon, right? I mean, you have those two guys. They're solid players. I mean, they're good players. But and then you, I mean, you have Dante DiVincenzo coming off the bench. I mean, I don't know how much workload you want to give a rookie, uh, a rookie guard in this in this league. I mean, he plays it too, but like. Having George Hill means that you have now someone who can guard, uh, who can guard other like point guards in your conference. Like George Hill can jump on Kyle Lowry, he can jump on Ben Simmons or Jimmy Butler if you need him to. He, I mean, like he can guard players that Eric Bledsoe couldn't guard. And like not not to say that Eric Bledsoe is a, a bad player, but I'm just saying like, I mean, like when you think about Eric Bledsoe, you don't really think about like Eric Bledsoe playing defense. First, you think about that weird tweet that he sent in Phoenix about one to be traded, but saying like he sent that he was in a barbershop or like, I don't know. You think about that, and then you think about like, oh, like Eric Bledsoe's like one of the fastest guards with the ball in his hands. And then you go, oh, Eric Bledsoe like can't play defense. So um having George Hill on that roster, on that team, I mean like he gets a guard like the Kyrie Irvings, the Victor Oladipos, the Reggie Jacksons, the Kimball Walkers. So he's guarding guys. I mean he's I mean like he's legit guarding guys who Eric Bledsoe just can't like for whatever reason. The best, the best person he could probably guard on the list of guards that I just named is Kyle Lowry, and that's because Kyle Lowry just isn't the fastest with the basketball. Like, I mean, Kyle Lowry is probably the Eric Bledsoe's best matchup of, out of all those guards I just named. Out of all those people I just named, Eric Bledsoe's. I mean, like, he probably matches up best with Kyle Lowry, and that's it. Like, but I guarantee you, if they match up against the Raptors. Eric Buss is Eric is jumping on uh, Danny Green, just because of Lowry's playmaking abilities and George Hill's ability to 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 play defense as a as a guard. I mean, we talk about the def- We talk about how good you need to be to play in the Western Conference at the guard position. I mean, like the Eastern Conference isn't. They, they don't have a sh- like they they have no shortage of of good guards either. I mean, like they have they have a lot of talented guys, and even in Washington, who's been playing much better as of late. They've got John Wall and Bradley Bill. so they're always a dangerous threat, and they could always give you problems. And if you're Milwaukee, you're sitting in second place. You're thinking like, how can we get better? Because the Raptors are in first, and the Raptors are 22 and seven. And they just the Bucks. If you're not looking to maintain and you're, you're looking to get better, I think this is a good deal for them. Uh, Brogdon, I mean Brogdon gives them defense. He can guard those guys too. Uh, but George Hill, I think he's he's a better defender. Than Malcolm Brogdon is, and George Hill is more experienced. He's seen these guys. He's seen Kyle Lowry for a couple of years, going back to uh, George's uh, George's years in, in in Indianapolis. I mean, like he's used to guarding these Kyrie the Kyrie Irvings and the Kyle Lowrys because he's been in the Eastern Con. He's been in the league longer. He's been around longer. So it's a good move. Uh, definitely a good move for the for the Bucks. They get better, um, and so do the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs. They they start to accomplish their goals a little bit more. Uh, other things that are happening, other moves that are happening. Um, we had we had an addition. We had an addition uh, due to due to, to some traction, due to some subtractions. That's a lot of words. The Denver Nuggets have added uh, Swaggy P. They've got he's he's now landing. A, he's a Nugget. Swaggy P. Shooting threes. He's shooting uh, golden threes, if you will. Um, the Nuggets signed him on Monday uh, because they have they've had Paul Millsap go out with a broken toe. They've had Gary Harris; he's going to be sidelined for three to four weeks with a bad hip. So, in Harris, really, Nick Young's impact comes where Harris is uh, is gone because Harris provides them scoring off of the bench. Harris provides them three point shooting off the bench, and Nick Young is perfect for coming off the bench and shooting threes. We we saw his time in Golden State last year. Steve Kerr put him in, even in the most crucial of moments, uh, because he trusted him to be able to shoot the basketball, and he trusted him to make the right decisions, and so this is really a good move for both teams. I mean, Swaggy was looking to get back into the league, um, and he joined a team that he can help, and the Nuggets were looking for help. They were looking for three-point shooting help. Uh, Nick Young isn't the defensive player that Gary Harris is. I mean, he's not as long uh, as as Gary Harris is, but I think with the guys that you have surrounding uh, on the Nuggets when he's running with the the second unit, I don't think it makes that much of a difference. I think it. I mean, I think the positives are are just as good as that. Are just they, they outweigh the negatives, and there really there really aren't a lot of negatives on Nick Young. Really, like, I mean, like Nick Young is a solid basketball player. I mean, he's a hooper. He comes he comes to the gym. He works every single day. I mean, like, what are his biggest flaws? Is that he's he's too goofy. Like that's like that's like Nick Young's biggest knock. It's like the JaVel McGee thing. Like JaVale McGee's biggest knock is that he's like just goofy. Like he's just he's like Bambi, like when Bambi like first learned to walk. Like that's JaVel McGee. Like, he's like stumbling and fumbling all over himself. But like he's actually a really good basketball player, as people have come to appreciate from his time in Golden State and now like what he's doing with the Warriors. Like people have come to appreciate Javel McGee and say like I mean, like he is a good basketball player. And that's Nick Young. Um I mean, he's solid. He shoots the ball he shoots the ball well. I mean, the only time he complained is, like, when his team isn't winning uh, and, like, when he, you know, like, that's when things aren't going well. And that's every basketball player or every competitor, period, um, in the universe. So, uh, you, I mean, like, no one wants to lose and no one wants to be on losing teams. And so, uh, Young, a good addition for the Nuggets for them uh, because they're losing guys like Paul Millsap and they're losing Gary Harris and they need perimeter shooting. They need you need perimeter shooting in the Western Conference to stay afloat. Just as much as you need defense, you gotta have guys who can shoot because you gotta have guys when Curry and Durant are going, you know, when they're shooting their threes or when Paul George is shooting his threes, or, you know, when LeBron is now all of a sudden going into his nonchalant like nonchalant three-point shooting. You gotta have guys to balance it out. And so the Nuggets add Nick, Nick Young it's gonna be good, and then when Harris comes back, we'll see how we'll see how the Nuggets work out the rotation. Um, but for right now, it's a solid it's a solid addition. Uh, Want to be solid addition uh, like uh, a, someone who's looking to to add the Lakers. LeBron said he came out into the last week that he wants Carmelo. He wants he wants to add Carmelo to the Lakers. I'm not sure how serious that is. Um, I don't. I mean. I would imagine if LeBron says something, I mean, like it's serious. Like he's not joking at this point in time. Uh, I mean, I take everything that he says seriously, or I, I would at least, like in this in this uh, in this realm or in this in this atmosphere. But I don't really know how good of a move this is for the Lakers. I mean, just when you just look at the Lakers, when you one look at like their youth um, and sort of like the dynamic of their team. I don't know if Melo is a good fit. And then when you look at the, the style of play that they run, and this is sort of like the knock on Melo now, is that he just he can't adjust. When you look at the style of play that the Lakers run, I mean, like it, it doesn't work. Like when you look, let's just start from like let's just start from the the, the the realistic realm of the Lakers have too many like guard forward combos. Like they have Kyle Kuzma, they have Brendan Ingram, they have LeBron James. They have Contavious Caldwell Pope. They have, you know, they have Lance Stevenson. Uh, That's already five guys right there. You throw Melo in there, like, like, what are you going to do? Like, that's six guys. Also, if they're really serious about this Trevor Reza thing, trying to work out a three team trade with Trevor, you know, to get Trevor Reza from Phoenix, um, then that's like seven guys. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think someone has to go like Pope or Stevenson. Someone has to go. I know Rondo's hurt right now. So they're I mean, and, and Ingram is hurt as well. Uh, but I mean, still though, even like guard even guys like Josh Hart and, and Lonzo Ball who are sort of filling like those those gaps, I don't really know if Melo like Melo doesn't fit in that. Like even like if you put him out there with a second, Melo is only like at this point in time with the Lakers, with just with like the depth and the chemistry that they're they're already building and that they have, he's like a garbage time player. That's it. That's the only t- that's the only kind of like playing time I can see him getting. Because when you put guys, when you put like Lonzo and Kuzma and Josh Hart on the court, when you want to run like a second unit or like young guys or like Lance Stevenson and Kuzma on the court, those guys are sharing the basketball, they're passing the basketball. Everybody's touching the ball until someone can make a like someone can make a play. You put Melo out there on the court, then all of a sudden you've got static. You've got guys standing around. Uh, around the three-point line, no one's really moving because Melo wants to isolate. He wants to get down on the block. He wants to do like he wants to shoot his pull-up. Like, it just doesn't work, and it 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 kills a team more than it helps them. Uh, and so I don't really know if like adding Melo uh, to the, I mean I don't know if like I know they're like their best friends and they're buddies, and they came in like through draft class. Like, what up? But I don't think it's a great deal. I don't I don't think it's a really good move. The Trevor Ariza deal, however. You add Trevor Ariza to this Lakers team, uh, you get perimeter defense, you get perimeter scoring, um, and we know how important like we I literally just said it like two minutes ago how important that like that is in the Western Conference to have. So you get Trevor Ariza, and that's a different story. If you can work out a three-team trade where maybe Lance Stevenson or Contavious Caldwell Pope or like you know one of them gets traded, and you can insert uh, you can put Trevor Ariza into that. Into that fold, then now I think you've made the Lakers more dangerous. I think you've made them. Uh, I mean, look, I mean, when you look at the standings, the Lakers are in fifth place right now. They're 17 and 10. They're only a game, they're only a game and a half like back. Like one through like one through five is separated by only a game and a half in the Western Conference, right? So uh, the Lakers are right there. They're, they've been playing way, way better as of late. They're seven and three in their last 10. If they can work on an Ariza deal who is eligible to be traded on the 15th of December, um, then you keep guys like the Grizzlies off of your back. You keep the Mavs off your back. And I think where this really comes into play is when the Blazers start to make their run because I do believe that is coming. If you put a, a Trevor Ariza on this Lakers team, the Lakers who have already played the Blazers pretty tough already this year, you can now put... Trevor Reza, you can pick your poison with who you want to guard. Who, like who you want to guard, like when it comes to the best three scores or like three of their top four scores. Because their best three scores are Dame Lillard, CJ McCollum, and Nurkic, their center. Um, obviously JaVel McGee jumps on Nurkic. Then you can have LeBron on Dame Lillard, you can have Lonzo Ball on Dame Lillard, you can have Josh Hart on Dame Lillard, you can throw Trevor Reza on Dame Lillard, and you can also do the same thing for CJ McCollum. I think where Trevor Ariza comes into play is you can also slot Ariza on Al Aminu, who can stretch the floor and shoot the and shoot the three as kind of like that 3-4 combo. Uh, he, he, sort of, he sometimes plays a small forward position, sometimes a power forward position. And so really, like, you can put Ariza on Alpha Aminu, which allows for LeBron and Lonza to lock in on Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, you know, probably definitely easily top three, maybe top two backcourt duos in, in this league. Uh, no backcourt duo is better than than Steph and Clay, but CJ and Dame, they're in the top three or four. Like if you want to talk about backcourt duos, you've got Dame, or you've got Steph and Clay, you've got uh, Russ and PG, you've got uh, Wall and Bill, uh, you've got James Harden and CP3, and then you've got the Portland. I mean, you've got the Portland guys. So um, I may have already named them, but I mean like. So to be able to, if you can, if you can shut those guys down, and, and as the Pelicans showed in the playoffs last year, all you need to do really is, is shut down one of them uh, to sweep them. But if you can shut down both, then you start to cause some problems. And the Lakers, with where they're sitting, if they can move, you know, they can sort of maneuver their way up the ladder if they can get past the Clippers, uh, who are in fourth place, or you know, the Nuggets start to slip with this whole Millsap and and Gary Harris injury. If if they can weasel their way into the top three, and they add a Trevor Ariza by the fifteenth. Which is only uh, three days from now, uh, at the earliest they can at the earliest he can be traded. So we're still talking about like sometime this month or even in January, uh, if the Lakers are still in prime position uh, of striking distance of, of the number one seed or even just like a top two seed because they are in indeed striking distance in striking distance of that. Trevor Reza makes this team better, and that addition does wonders for. Uh, Luke Walden and and what he can do in terms of just lineups and and what he can do in terms of defensive matchups. And so uh, the Ariza thing I think would be way more serious for the Lakers to do uh, as opposed to the um, the the Mellow deal. I don't think the Mellow deal would would vastly help uh, LeBron and the Lakers. So but but staying on the Lakers, uh, staying on the Lakers and 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 bringing in and sort of staying in the o three draft class, o three draft class uh, moment for a second. Uh, LeBron and D. Wade played their last game, their final game against each other, Monday night, in Staples Center. Um, Wade and the Heat came up. Wade also, funny thing, Wade was also, he played uh, against Kobe. So, like, so he's also, he's he's played Kobe for one final time in the Staples Center, and he's now, he's played LeBron. Uh, the last time that he'll ever play LeBron in, in the Staples Center. So, uh, crazy, like. Crazy how the universe works. Uh, We're talking about, number one, when you talk about Kobe and Wade, we're talking about two of the best shooting guards to ever play the game, Uh, two of the top three shooting guards, maybe top four uh, shooting guards to ever play the game, and they matched up. And then you've got LeBron and D. Wade, as you know, really close friends, really best friends, banana boat guys. They do everything together in the offseason. Uh, like they even worked out before Tuesday night, or they even worked out before Monday night's game um, in LA. Like LeBron and D Wade did. So I mean, those guys are the best as friends. And you know, it was all competition. Uh, once Wade got in the game, he, he checks in. You know, it's all competition. You see the highlights. I, I watched the game. Um, I mean, Wade was all business. Uh, he did. He did sort of like try to break Bron's concentration at the line when the game was coming down at the end. Braun hits the free throws. You know he, he he says something to D Wade. He sort of mouths something to D Wade. You know a little trash talk, and, and it really comes down to Wade has a chance to tie the game. He has two opportunities to try the, to tie the game, and he misses the three on both opportunities. And he guards, and there was like a a, a moment when he guarded Braun uh, down the stretch, like when the clock was under a minute. Like that was kind of like the matchup, and and, and everybody came up on their feet, and it was sort of like the thing to see. And then on then on the other end of the court, uh, Wade's going to tie the game. You know, he's getting the last shot and, and Braun jumps on him and guards him and Wade misses the shot. And so, I mean, those guys are the ultimate competitors The three draft class, one of the best draft classes. I mean. It, it put out it put out Carmelo, Chris Bosh, LeBron, of course, and D Wade and three of those and three of those guys are still in the league and all But like all four of them are really good friends. I mean, Chris Bosch obviously, the health, I mean, his health is sort of sidelined. him, and he wants to get back into the league. But, I mean, like, Melo and LeBron and, and D. Wade are still in. And, and, like, Wade has already said that this is his last year. Melo may be on his last leg pretty soon. And LeBron's really the only one that's still going. He's the only one that's still chugging. But he's also the youngest out of those guys. I mean, like, LeBron, who will be 34 uh, this month, actually, in December. He'll be 34 this month. Uh, Wade's 37, 36, 37. Melo's 36. So you talk about age. I mean, LeBron's the, he's younger, but just really like basketball years. LeBron still look, he looks like five years or ten years younger than those guys, just with how he keeps his body up. Um, but I mean, just tremendous. I mean, two of the two of the better basketball players that we're gonna see ever in, in the history of the game uh, matched up for one final time, and it was just. I mean, like it was it was really cool. I mean, it was really cool to see just to, just to have that. I mean, the Lakers they win, of course um they come out with the win but I mean it was just uh it's really weird just to realize that we're getting into these moments of of like watching players that 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 we grew up watching play for the final time I mean like I caught the back half I mean I was I mean Kobe comes into the league in 96 obviously like I mean like I'm 23 so like Kobe comes into the league a year after I'm born and so the earliest memories that I have of watching Kobe and and, and his rise to to stardom, is really like that Portland series, like starting like around then. I remember like watching Kobe and, and, and the Lakers uh, play play that you know, play against Portland like Scottie Pippen in his final years in the league. Uh, you know, for the Lakers to go to the finals. So I've been alive through Kobe's career. Obviously I watched i watched watch Braun come in, I watch Melo and, and Bosch and Wade come in. And um, I can remember watching Wade at Marquette. Um I remember watching him and like watching him come into the league and obviously like following and, and following Braun and, and everybody following him and, and watching Melo. Um, so I remember seeing like, I, I like, I, I know like watching those guys and, and the Chris Pauls of the world. And, and so, but we're getting into sort of like those twilight years uh, where some of these guys are going to start falling off and it's, and it's going to be weird to see them like go. Um, and to see D Wade, I mean, like a three time champion, Olympic gold medalist, you know, at one point in time, one of the best, you know, one one like one of the the quickest guys to get to who could get to the rim, one one of the one of the more craftier guys evolving this game with his floater and his little, you know, like his 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 shimmy baseline, you know, turnaround and his step back and it's just watch, like watching the evolution of his game. It's just one of the like one of the, the more beautiful things about the sport about about the game of basketball, and so. I mean, it's it's definitely a celebration instead of like a goodbye, and it's not it's nothing sad, but it's it's just kind of it's just like it's weird to think about like. You know, some time ago, like kids were saying the same thing about Michael Jordan, about how it was weird to like watch Michael Jordan come up and play his career, and then like retire. Like we're getting into we're like my age group and 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 people around my age are getting like we're getting our first and really lebron is our jordan uh is our jordan but we're still getting players like d wade and and Melo, um and we had like we had like the back half of kobe we had like you know like we had like a good chunk of kobe we had the tim duncans we had the you know tony parker pretty soon will be retiring we just had ginobili retire and so we're getting guys like that who are stepping away from the game and those are guys that who we remember watching as like Growing up, when we were like six or seven or eight. You know, as early as we could remember, watching basketball really dominate the game. And then these guys are stepping away, and so, um, but at the same, but on the same, at the same time, they're also paving the way uh, for these younger guys to come up through the league. So, really cool things. Uh, Shout out to D Wade on a on an amazing career. Uh, Easily going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. If you don't think so, you need to (laughs) reevaluate yourself. Like reevaluate uh, your your um like your eye for talent and and like I just it just doesn't I mean obviously gonna be obviously gonna be first ballot hall. everybody I mean all all four of those guys from the '03 draft class, Braun, Wade, Bosh, and Melo, all gonna be first ballot Hall of Famers easily, 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 easily gonna be first ballot guys. Um, and when the banana boat crew comes to an end, Chris Paul is part of that. Uh, Chris Chris Paul is a first ballot guy. So um yeah, we're stepping we're stepping in, we're stepping to to the end. Wanna end this on a on a funny note though. On a really on like a not really a funny note, like a really cool note. Um Kevin like Kevin Durant. He says like this is this was so of course like Kevin Durantish of him. Um, it, like a guy who just who lives who's nothing but a basketball junkie. Like he's always watching basketball, always like watching like highlights and stuff um kevin durant <laughs> he says like when he has people come over when he has like friends and family come over he makes them watch jordan highlights <laughs> imagine like going to your like your bro's house like like imagine like thinking you're about to just pull up just to chill just to talk or whatever just chat or whatever like you just need to get something off your chest and then like he's like yo man like watch these jordan highlights real fast um that's what kevin Durant does that's what he does and this is like his exact quote this is his, his well yeah this is like his exact quote all right Kevin Durant says, and I quote, everybody that comes to my house, whether it's friends or family, I make them watch Jordan highlights. This is the equivalent to, to Einstein, uh, Bleep and Beethoven, or Barack Obama. Uh, this is the greatest talent in athletes and minds, of the, in, athletes and minds in the world. Uh, just because they play sports, people think one way, but they're masters, they're geniuses. I just started realizing that a few years ago. Watching those guys can really like spark my creativity. Whoops, I slapped my mic. I was upset at the that he included Beethoven. Um, but, like, imagine, like, going to someone's house. Like, the equivalent to that, like, coming to my apartment, if I made you watch, like, the best thing of something, like, the best thing, like, coming to my house, like, I'm making you watch, like, Dragon Ball Z, or, like, Yu Hockey Show or something. Like, I'm I'm making you watch, like, an anime if you come to my house. Like, I'm pulling, like, I'm, pull, I'm, pulling it, I'm pulling it up, and, like, that's what you're watching. Like, you go to Kevin Durant's house, you're watching Jordan Highlights. But that's what makes him <laughs> <laughs> but that's what makes him so good. Like, Freaking dude, like, studies, like, all he does is just freaking study basketball. And he wants to be the best. And, like, that's what makes him, like, that's what makes him the best is watching guys like Jordan, like, watching the highlights, like, watching guys like Kobe. Like, a couple of times on Instagram, he puts up that he's watching Kobe highlights. And so it's just his love for the game. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny. Like, we're laughing about it, but, like, it just shows how much he really loves, like, how much he really loves basketball. Um, and it shows how much I love like, and like anime, like that's my, like, that's my goat. Like that's like, that's my goat. Like you, Show, you kind of my house, you're watching you, Show. like that's, you have to do it. Um, but if I pull up like basketball highlights, if I pull up basketball highlights, you're watching probably Dame Liller highlights just because I'm like, yo, like watch these Dame Little highlights real fast. Like you gotta, you gotta do it one time. Um, like just watch his highlights, but. I just thought that was funny. That was a cool way to end this podcast. Um, Another, like, an even cooler way to end this podcast is to uh, throw my blog out there. I I, uh, started a blog. You guys answered on Twitter. I asked you guys, I did a poll. I said, hey, like, if I did a blog, would you guys read it? More people said yes than no. And so I delivered. Um, I'm happy to share with you guys. Uh, Thank you guys so much to everyone who who uh, who entered and who are, who's supporting the blog site is jhmokennedy.wixsite.com com backslash website. Um, I have one post. I made a post, uh, just a, a welcome post. I will be posting very soon. Uh, I'm gonna do another thing. I have some things planned. It's much like uh, how, I, how I planned this podcast. Everything's not X's and O's related to the league. Uh, I've got some I've got some really like interesting things cooked up in my mind to do for the blog. Um, but just wanted to throw that out there that I have launched my blog site. Um, be looking for it on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Twitter and Facebook, where I promote all my things, of course. Um, on Twitter, at Jamal Kennedy, at J-A-H-M-A-L Kennedy. On Facebook, at Jamal Kennedy. Instagram me, Jamal Kennedy. Um, if you guys are interested, if you guys want to follow, if you guys want to figure out the links, I'm on those, uh, on those three platforms, on those three websites, And just one more time, just appreciate everybody for coming out and listening and and showing support and showing love. Um, It does not go unnoticed, and I appreciate you guys for rocking with me week by week in uh, episode 11, closing the book on this thing.